2: You never copied anyone else's homework? No.
3: Of course not. No, it's it's all about integrity. Oh, what's that?
4: (laughs) 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 Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bake Down Podcast. I am Sarah, I will be hosting today, and with me we have the lovely Jane Beadle, Dan Beasley-Harling, and Howard Middleton. So guys, party week, something we've not seen before. Will we all look for a party this week?
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <week. I> <laughs> well, Sarah's smiling and the rest of us are going, what? <laughs> well, I like a party. just a, a party. party. <laughs> I'm a bit of a visionary these days.
2: There's th- there's never been a party week before, right? I don't think so. Well,
1: I don't think there has, but I you could argue that the Christmas specials have sort of had party week themes, haven't they? Because they've Ooh. sort of done yeah. Yeah, yeah, sort of canapes and nibbles and party food and things like that. But yes, this is the first time I think in the main series.
3: Well, we did uh, we did a uh, right royal picnic for our final. Oh, yeah so we did I can't actually remember what we did for a, oh i do remember what we did for a technical because i came last um <laughs> <laughs> they just gave us a load of ingredients and said make a victoria sponge which we can all do easily we don't need any, a recipe at all i mean i bet none of you go for a recipe for victoria sponge except mm. i like my victoria sponge bigger than mary does so i got marked down for my being too big mark somebody down for a cake being too big yeah goodness <laughs> that's and not, a and Jane's not a still thing still not bitter about it no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I do actually think about it when I'm weighing my eggs up Mary wouldn't like this <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Jane sorry if I'm stepping on a toe, Sarah but Jane aren't you doing the the caterpillar cake is that what you're doing
3: no, i'm doing caterpillar cake i'm not making it at all the way they're making it actually but um, yes i'm very first time i've made a, a, a caterpillar cake a, a huge huge favorite in our house second only to my own homemade cakes of course uh, but do you know for those people who don't know a caterpillar cake they are an institution iconic yeah now so much so there have been court cases about people following or copying marks and spencer's caterpillar cake but just about all the big supermarkets make caterpillar cakes now and you can even get a large wedding one bride angry yes and you can get individual, you know, like the, the mini rolls you do. Yeah. You can get individual bride and groom ones for weddings. So you have to order them. I don't think you get them in the supermarket. Yeah. But you That's quite
0: order.
3: cute. It's really cute. Instead of worrying about some fancy <laughs> towering thing with, with dried flowers all over it. Um, yeah, you can have Colin and I don't know what his bride's name Connie. is. Connie.
4: Connie. Yeah, <laughs> We're
1: so sad that we know
4: Connie, Connie.
1: oh we need a pub quiz yeah
4: (laughs) Um, I love
2: this I have to say I I am not above buying a caterpillar cake every once in a while you know when there's a birthday or something especially if it's my birthday and I really can't be bothered to do it for myself because I'm really tired I have bought a caterpillar cake in the past have you ever done that Howard? Have you bought a caterpillar cake?
1: Do you know, this is one of those things like Belgian buns all over again. <laughs> I have never bought a caterpillar cake. I've never even had a slice of caterpillar oh, cake. No! I oh, know This isn't... A...
4: Uh, Somebody go to too? Marks and Spencer's and get round to Howard's now. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, we have them relatively regularly. Well, not so much when Ray and I are on our own, but when, when uh, uh, Henry is down, he actually loves them, but I like eating the face. I love the <laughs> big slab of white chocolate. <laughs> Sorry, it's one supposed to say? <laughs> that's possibly a bit of bake off innuendo there, isn't it? <laughs> um, but Oh definitely. Oh they're they're such fun and I don't know, they've got all sorts of different names now because nobody's allowed to call them Colin. Colin the Caterpillar Cake, which is Mark suspense And because of the way I'm rolling mine and making it, we're going to call it Chubby. Chubby oh. the Caterpillar Cake. Oh
4: he is utterly adorable Uh, so we will go on to the caterpillar cake in a bit more detail when we get into the technical uh, (laughs) no not at all it's look it's the caterpillar cake in the room we need to talk about it so if anybody wants to join us for jane's chubby the caterpillar cake which just makes me so happy you could join us on sunday the 19th of november where we will be making jane's party chocolate caterpillar cake and uh, we will go into a bit more detail about that when we get to the technical so let's kick off party week with our signature which this week for party food week also party bakes week never know what to say i think it was said different things all times but anyway 12 sausage rolls was the brief uh, any pastry um, that was deemed suitable. I think everybody went for at least some sort of puff pastry. And the filling or flavour was completely up to the bakers as long as they were shaped and wrapped traditionally like normal sausage rolls. And they had two hours. Now, straight away, do we think Paul was maybe being a little bit, not harsh, but we sort of winding down up a little bit because that brief there was any flavours you like. Mm-hmm. And then Paul's like, you can't put that in a sausage roll. And it was like... Yes, he can. It's in the brief. Mm. I think his sounded really nice.
1: I thought they all sounded nice. Oh, do you know I could just eat sausage roll? Yeah, yeah. they all—they <laughs> all, all sounded <laughs> lovely.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. So the thing with Dan is, I think he always tries to do something a bit interesting and a bit different. But I think what Paul said is kind of valid. Like a sausage roll, you sort of know what you want it to taste roughly like. You want it to, well, me personally, you know, lots of pastry, very porky. Um, and it, his, he did go, you know, I think Prue sort of said, well, it definitely tastes Chinese. I think maybe it's just, you know, it tastes a bit like a Chinese takeaway, but is it what we're expecting in a sausage roll? I think I would have done what a couple of them did and done something a bit Christmassy. Get a bit of, you know, the sausage meat, get a bit of salad, with a cranberry cranberry was quite popular wasn't it i think i would have gone down that route or do you think maybe you'd have panicked and tried to do something really
1: inventive Howard no i don't i don't think so i think i love the idea i mean actually they all went for pork didn't they and to be honest yeah i think you you probably could do we've done veggie sausage rolls before in classes but yeah, pork sausage roll is lovely. And I do love a bit of something slightly fruity in there, whether it's mm. apricot or apple or cranberry or whatever. And I think most people, apart from Dan, actually, uh, went down that route, didn't they? Mm. Mm. I
3: did. And it's nice, if you're making a sausage roll whether you cover it like a lot of them did, they, they, they did a complete wrap of a different flavour, you know, because they spread it with their pastry. And so there, there was apricot all the way round on tashes or or caramelised onion all the way round. But you can just sort of make a dent in it and have a line of either a a good chutney or something like that if you can't be bothered to make it Uh, which just gives that little hint of sweetness inside if you think about some of the um, accompaniments you may have with a sausage roll uh, you can put that inside and i think it's a great great way of adding that extra bit of flavor i think you do have to be a bit careful that it doesn't ooze out as we all know you cut the ends so some does ooze out because if it's got a lot of sugar in it as some chutneys do it can give you a burnt bit which can taste a little bit bitter but it's a brilliant addition to any sausage roll i'm I surprised nobody did a vegetarian one but if um, textures on vegetarian ones can be a bit squishy we did one didn't we last sarah do we when we do our wreath we do a uh, we do our sausage wreath As a plug for the class that we're doing in December, we're doing a sausage roll wreath.
4: Coming up on Saturday the 16th of December.
3: Yeah, there we go. Smooth. Well done, (laughs) sir. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we do we do a vegetarian one, which actually works really well, but you have to dry off your ingredients a bit, otherwise you just end up with this vegetarian sludge in the middle. So if you'd mm, like to make a nice vegetarian, vegetarian sausage roll, join us on
4: Saturday the sixteenth of December. Please do. It is a fantastic class. Shameless plug aside, it is a really mm. really nice class. That's Jane's sausage roll wreath. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. We also do a, a chipotle mayonnaise which we make in the class as well to go with that. Uh, So if you want to sign up for that for a Christmas class, please do. But yes, back to sausage rolls. Um, I was a bit concerned um, that when, I think a lot of them actually, when they put their apricot sauce or cranberry sauce on the pastry, like brushed it on and then put the meat on, I was concerned that that might give a few soggy bottoms. So, Jane, you, think you mentioned putting the sauce like, in the middle. Is that something you would have done?
3: I would have done. I wouldn't have put it all the way around. And the only one that worked successfully was Matty's. And that was because he didn't do a caramelised onion chutney, which I thought when I first heard what he was doing, I thought that's mm. what he was going to be doing. He just did caramelised onions. Well, I say just. I mean, you can't beat a good caramelised onion. Yeah. So... He didn't really have any wetness or too much sugar. I think the caramelization should have come just from the natural sweetness of the onions and the butter or the oil or whatever it was he cooked in. So he wouldn't have got the the stickiness that I worry about burning. Uh, So his worked really well and he had the best bake and the, the crispest bottom. Pure pardon the innuendo, but uh, that could be because he's a sports person. (laughs) 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 What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been one of those (laughs) ones. Um, it's actually very uncomfortable making it innuendos about somebody who's younger than your children, and you might bump into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. it
2: was
0: well, she
3: found straight off the offering. <laughs> <it for the laughs> oh goodness me! But he didn't have a he didn't have a soggy bottom, and his were all crisp and lovely. But I was a bit disappointed that none of them had a decent bake. They had two hours for goodness sake. Well, Matty did, but the rest not so much. But and the rest was... of them not. They all look very pale and, and.
2: Can I ask you about the apricot though? Ooh. So when a, a lot of the time I'm using apricot in baking, I'm using it because it doesn't have much of a flavour. Um, And I would have imagined in this context, it would just add a bit of moisture more than anything else. So why is that all the way around the outside? Wouldn't you want that in the meat? I don't know. I just, I didn't really understand why she did that. Tasha did that.
3: I don't know what she flavoured it up with. It was apple apricot and cider sauce. So I would have thought it would have that bit of sharpness or a bit of tartness to it, which might have offset... The richness of the pork. Okay, I just couldn't quite understand why she'd done that. Um,
2: I, if it were me, I might have been I, I would put a bit chunks of apricot in the sausage meat. I would have thought I would have done it that way. That would have been nice. I couldn't understand the thought process. But um, I think they said that the the flavour, you know, was really good. So maybe it was just affecting the bake because they said uh, they definitely needed longer in the oven, which was, um, that's always a shame when we get that feedback for pastry, isn't mm-hmm. it?
4: Uh definitely
3: yeah, and, and i do sorry i am monopolizing this i'm really really sorry no, go for it love I think it, <laughs> nothing <laughs> changes um <laughs> it is hard sometimes to get the bottom of your sausage rolls crisp and i mm. think i didn't know whether matty cooked his on baking parchment or whether he went straight onto the baking tray because i find that as juices come out of the meat because you put it in raw as the juices come out of the meat, they sort of hang about on the baking parchment and can make mm. the base a bit soggy. Oh, yeah. So you have to leave them in a bit longer. And, and sometimes I've cheated when I have, And um, I've sort of taken them out and then turned them on their sides, so the side crisps up. Oh, really? Well, actually, Sometimes I don't leave them in long enough because you're in a hurry. We lost the shores. So I I wonder if they had a problem with their soggy bottoms one, not leaving it in long enough, and two, because they were baking on parchment. If you can be bothered and you're not washing up, they're not washing up, um, really grease your tray well. And cook directly on the metal. And put them directly onto the metal.
4: Because I think Christy took hers off. It seemed that she took them off the baking tray at one point and then put them like naked onto the rack in the oven uh, just to get some right, extra sure. crispiness. I
3: couldn't work out whether she did that or whether she oh, Okay. I, yeah, but she it did look as though like that's what she mm. did. Yeah.
4: So how would you have any tips for getting a really nice uh crispy bottom on the bottom of your sausage rolls? I mean, I would like to know because I'm rubbish with <laughs> No, I, I think
1: uh, Jane's absolutely right. And sometimes you worry, you panic that you've got quite a lot of juice that that's kind of come out. Mm. And it is uh, sometimes it's just having the faith and sort of leaving them in that bit longer. And even when you take them out, sometimes there's a little bit of fat, but wonderfully that gets absorbed back in again and you still end up mm. with, with crispness on the bottom if the, if you bake them long enough.
2: I think puff pastry, it's quite hard to burn puff pastry in a way. Mm. You know, you can afford them to leave them a little bit longer. And if your oven is anything like mine, things look a bit browner in the oven than they actually are. So I think it's, uh, especially with, with puff pastry, is easy to go, oh, it's golden, let's take it out. And of course, it's not cooked all the way through. Um, so yeah, a bit, a bit of a shame, but uh, a very, very good one for Matty. And uh, I think he was a bit delighted with himself. For some reason, I feel like the handshakes are a lot less common later in the competition, aren't they? Doesn't it feel like that to you? Yeah, so um, I think getting a handshake in week t- week eight is uh, that's quite something because he will not have had the time to pay as much attention to the later recipes. So that was a, a real mm. victory for
3: Matty, definitely. Indeed. Mm. Mm. And and as for your oven, things looking a bit darker when you look in, I, th- I suggest cleaning it. It's
4: probably <laughs> nice. it's a bit
3: dirty, maybe. <laughs> I have a cleaner who
2: cleans it for me. My oven is not listening very so much. <laughs> I think just the light is maybe a bit covered in grease or something. Maybe that's why it looks darker. Who knows?
4: Maybe she needs to clean the lights as well then.
2: Maybe she does. I'll get her on that. No, but do you not think sometimes things look darker in the oven? Am I going crazy? Don't have that issue? No. No, apparently not.
3: We just open the door and have a quick look.
2: It's not going to okay. sink, A sausage rolls not going to sink. Like it's, it's not. Hand. It's not a cake, no. no.
4: Now, I noticed that a lot of the bakers were putting their sausage rolls six and six, because we needed to make 12, on two trays. But Matty seemed to be able to get his all on all 12 on one tray. Would you prefer to bake all on one tray? Because a lot of them were like, oh, I don't know when I should swap them over. Do you, do you think that hindered the bake at all?
2: I always prefer to bake on one level. Um, people often say to me, mm. you know, what shelf should I put them on? And I always put everything in the middle. And, uh, you know, if you can control for where you are in the oven, you know, not, some people have an amazing oven that's the same temperature all the way throughout it on fan setting. Mine is not such an oven. It is yeah. significantly um, cooler in the bottom. So I always prefer to do everything on the same shelf if possible, because then you're just introducing another variable that then you've got to play with. Um, but yeah, it might have been a bit of a tight squeeze. You might, I might have worried that I would struggle to get the pastry crisp if the sausage rolls are too crowded. Um, but obviously, it worked out for Matty. Yeah.
3: It did. I mean, some of them were taking them off the second tray and putting them on and then squeezing them all on the first tray, weren't they, after they'd baked for a little while? I don't know. Some, I think a couple of them did. But yeah, I would, I'm with Dan, I would always prefer to bake all on one level, if you possibly can. Mm. Because also, if you want to slow a bake down, you can put a shelf above it and put a baking tray on top so there's not much sort of downwards heat coming on it. And if you've got one tray on the top and one tray on the bottom, the bottom inevitably it's not going to get the same sort of browning as the one on
1: the top. It's also difficult to see what's happening on the one on the bottom, mm. isn't it? Because it it's is. sort of in the shadow of the... of the. Gosh, can't we talk a lot about <laughs> sausage rolls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love sausage roll. I That's what the ground. podcast is all
4: about. <laughs> Do you guys ever find in the tent that it was really annoying having having your ovens quite that low down to the ground? I think that would drive me bonkers. I love having an oven much higher up at eye level because I know, Jane, yours is at eye level. Howard, yours is as well. Dan, yours is a bit lower, isn't it? No,
2: I've got an old kitchen that, yeah, it's uh, where it's low down. I mean, Mm. my middle aged back can't take it anymore, but I'm sort of out of options. That's what I'm stuck with. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, but no, I it's uh yeah, I would prefer an eye level one, especially one of the ones with the slidey doors. That'd be amazing. I've only got Ooh. one oven as well, actually. I know people've got two <laughs> ovens. Oh my god, the macaron I'd make, Jane, you would love that, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, uh, well, I, I I love macarons. I just don't like meringue filling, so uh, no. <laughs> you would have to make right. something different for me in the middle. Um, and I've do got you, three. Do you have
2: of- two ovens? Three I've ovens. Got three.
3: I've got two double ovens and a single oven and a microwave. Wow i know luxury absolute luxury life is horribly unfair <laughs> well when you get to so we did we did that whenever we moved here five and a half years ago when you get to my ripe old age or whatever age i was five and a half years ago which was five and a half years less than i am now you too may be able to have three others wow i can live the dream one day you've got 20 odd years to wait more than that 22 and a bit uh, years. Right? 20 years? Are you 57? Oh, go away. <laughs> Are you 30? 27.
2: I'm oh, the same geez. age as Sarah. Didn't you know? <laughs> well, let me
3: tell you, she looks a lot better on it. All right. I want to we're talking about how good people look, your picture, gosh, this is really self-indulgent today, isn't it? Your picture of you holding whatever it was for a class that i can't remember what it is you're holding up something gorgeous for a class i don't know oh the the chelsea buns the chelsea buns may i say you look beautiful
4: darling? Yes, i always so, so.
3: said i always put a comment on your instagram post saying how beautiful you looked and then i thought you might think i was taking the mickey but i thought you looked fab darling. Oh, whatever that's really it is sweet. Oh, yeah you look lovely well, if you take
2: 100 selfies, one of them turns out all right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, sausage rolls. Sausage so, roll. yes, our sausage roll challenge. I think Dan, Tasha and Matty did really, really well with their pastry. They all did a rough puff. They all had a you know, good flake and lamination. Um, Tasha, they really, really enjoyed her pork and cider flavour. They just wanted a bit more of a bake on hers. Dan, I think they thought the flavours went well together, but they just didn't like it in a sausage roll. This was his prawn, pork, water, chestnuts, ginger and garlic. Um, Matty, obviously, with his really traditional pork, sage, caramelized onion, apple, a little bit of chilli, did beautifully well and got a handshake from Paul. Um, We've talked about Josh's lovely Christmas ones. Um, with his turkey, sausage meat, brussels, sprouts, chestnut, apricot, sage, stuffing and cranberry. But he needed a bit better lamination and things were a bit solid on the inside and everything just needed a bit more tweaking. But can we talk about Christie? She went for pork, cranberry, orange, sage, red onion and garlic. So again, nice, good classic flavours. But everything just seemed to go a bit wrong for her, didn't it? What did we think about Christy's? I mean, did it really? I mean, I think her... I... It was underbaked, and her pastry
3: certainly looked much too thick. Oh yes, and and it hadn't been in the oven. Long yes, I enough. was I was
4: misreading my notes. Sorry, good flavour, well balanced and well seasoned. Oh. I think it was just the pastry. My fault.
3: Just the pastry, really underbaked.
4: Well, I think Paul said he quite
3: liked the flavour. I mean, it's sort of damning with faint praise, but I think I think the combination of flavours was lovely and would be very very similar to the. I, I probably would to swap out the sage for thyme, and then that would be virtually my sausage rolls um so I, I loved the idea of her flavors i did everybody's except for dan's i really didn't like the idea of dan's and i didn't like the idea of water chestnuts in it because i hate that oh. sort of crunch i really don't like do you know though i list. love water chestnuts I,
2: I don't know if i want it in a sausage roll i have gotta be honest i agree with that it does seem more at home in a dumpling but uh i love i love the texture of water chestnuts i think maybe maybe they just sort of like them or hate them kind of thing i don't know
3: Maybe I mean they're a bit of nothing really for me, but um, I thought all of the flavors I could have eaten all of them. Except, I just a quick question about Dan's as well. Mm. Do you not think because you have to cook them for about thirty to forty minutes, do you not think the prawns might go a bit drier with the yeah. pork? With the pork, keep it moist. I, I was I am a bit worried about the prawns in there, but they didn't seem to comment on that. I didn't see what he did with the
2: prawns. Did he cut? Did he sort of mince them up? What did he do? Uh, I didn't see what she did with them, but they were mixed in with the pork. So yeah, maybe it kept them nice and fatty. they might have done. Uh,
3: yeah, hmm.
4: might have done. I mean, that's I the whole know. point about having that filling in a dumpling. It's sealed within the dumpling, and it stays nice and nice and soft and moist. But then, then you
3: steam them or fry them for a short yeah. length of time. You uh, yeah. don't cook them for forty minutes. So I just want—I yeah. to... did think the idea of a sausage roll gave Alison an enormous amount of scope for sausage innuendo. <laughs>
4: Oh, it was everywhere, wasn't it? it? Was everywhere.
3: <laughs>
2: Hilarious. Mm. I love I love Alison's in you the season. I remember there was an article. I remember a very similar article about Sandy when she joined Sort of saying that they would maybe cut down on the innuendo this year, and I think like there's more than ever. I think girl, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah,
0: like,
2: I think uh, Alison's been enjoying it a lot, enjoying making the fun jokes. Um, oh, but, yeah. and I'm enjoying
3: so, her. I think she's brilliant. I really, she's really wonderful. like her, and she yeah. and Noel seem to bounce off each other really nicely. I'm I'm very ha- very happy. I think they've got a very nice balance. I think we said that before, mm-hmm. but I just wanted Absolutely. to say it again.
4: So yes, our sausage roll signature challenge there. I think Tasha and Matty possibly slightly pulling ahead, ever so slightly. Um, Maybe Josh and Dan a bit in the middle. Christy maybe slightly towards the the back end of the pack. But again, everybody did a really good job with their flavouring. Flavouring? No, that is a word. Flavouring and seasoning. (laughs) I doubted myself there. Um, So, yeah, still anybody's game. Now, the technical challenge. The yes, moment we've been waiting for. The moment no. we've been waiting for, exactly. <laughs> the caterpillar cake. I'm just going to give a tiny, tiny bit of history for those people outside the UK who are thinking, why are they talking about insects and cake? Um, as we have mentioned, it was a proper British staple. It's a cultural icon for kids' parties in the 90s and noughties. Does anybody know what year it, it was first released, the Colin the Caterpillar cake? You wanted a podcast?
1: 90s, so Isn't it '90s, sort of '95? I
2: would have guessed '70s.
4: Give, give me. Well, just give me a year. Well, Well, I'm saying
2: '95. '95,
4: okay, Dan.
2: I'm going to go with late '70s or early '80s. I'm going to go with. I'm going to be really bold and go with 1976. I know that's Um, probably too early, but go on.
3: God, much too early. Is Um, it? Yeah, I would say say, so. I am going to
2: go for. Just go in the middle somewhere. You'll be between me and Howard. (laughs) No. Or or is it the Price is Right rules? You don't go over. Yeah, you don't go
4: over, but you can go under.
3: (laughs) I'm going for 2003. Oh.
4: No. Well, in that case, um, Dan would technically be right because Jane and Howard, you've both gone over. It was 1990. Oh. Oh. 1990. Uh, and actually, Marks and I think Howard
2: men- was closest. <laughs> yeah, closest.
3: Still got he And in
4: 2020, Marks and Spencer's marked the cake's 30th anniversary by declaring Colin's birthday Wednesday, the 26th of August, and that is National Colin the Caterpillar Day.
3: <laughs> oh. Isn't that sweet?
4: <laughs> but yes, it is a basically it's a chocolate Swiss roll cake. And for some reason, that lends itself to a caterpillar, possibly based on Eric Carle's book, The Hungry Caterpillar, and that book's popularity in the 90s and noughties. I'm not really sure why, but that seems to be the basis of it. And as we say, lots of legal battles and people doing their own versions, but it is quite a quite an icon.
2: Now, can I ask a question? Can I ask about the ridges? Are the ridges essential part of the design, do you think? Because if I make a caterpillar cake, I just make a Swiss roll. I ain't got time to be cutting out ridges. Or do you do that? Or or do you, uh, I mean, you will know, Jane, you're the expert right now, aren't you?
3: Well, I'm the expert right now in that I have made one. I <laughs> am <laughs> um, not. I, I didn't realise that the ridges were an integral part, actually. If I'd had to draw one, I wouldn't have realised. And I'm certainly not going to be making it the way they did because it looked so it was fraught with problems. Mm. But I probably, if we weren't trying to copy the cake on the technical challenge, I probably wouldn't bother to put the ridges on, to be honest. I would just I couldn't
2: even work isn't. out how they did it. I, I even watching them do it, I couldn't work out exactly what they were supposed to cut. It wasn't entirely clear, or was I just in a
1: brain fog? Did you get it, Howard? I, I, I did. I think. I, I, I mean, Dan obviously got it wrong, but basically, that if you've got the, I don't know why I'm demonstrating with my hands because it's quite a. <laughs> <across, laughs> it? It's for my benefit.
2: to okay, enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, as you uh, as you rolling up the Swiss roll. Uh, you, you start at one end and the end where you finish is going to be the outside of the Swiss roll. So the yeah. end where you finish on UK, you cut some little strips out. And so that way, when you finish the roll, you've got strips on the outside.
2: And then when you finish, you've also got some leftover cake you can eat.
1: Exactly, which they right. that were kind okay. of using as crumbs around the uh, the base.
2: I was the... seeing it, it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we will have none left over when we do the class. But I was also trying to work out they had some I can't remember how many ridges. There were a lot of ridges there. Mm. Now, which way did they roll it? Did they roll it from the short end? In which yeah. you yeah. yeah. You rolled it for the short end. So how do you get so many ridges on a little short, fat caterpillar? Seems dangerous.
1: Yeah. It is dangerous. i yeah. just not
3: quite. Unless it's <laughs> a baking tray, and if you rolled it the other way, actually, in, in the one that they showed you when they're sitting there going, oh, Prue, you've made a lovely cake... There was hardly any roll when they got into it. You know, no, a Swiss roll... Not, not a
2: huge roll, no.
3: ...has a roll. It had one swirl in the middle. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that... Didn't think I'm it. confused now.
2: I'm not sure. Well, anyway... Let's look it up. Get the pictures up. Pull the pictures I, up. Go on, what's I going was on? I scarred...
3: Well, from one of the weeks, I can't remember where I made a, a, a roulage posh mm. name for a Swiss roll, and... Paul really criticised me, and I hadn't realised until I watched it back that I was almost going out because I'd rolled my Swiss roll the wrong way. And But they looked as though they got a longer Caterpillar than I've... I'm guessing.
0: Mm.
4: But, Jane, we're not going to be doing our fancy, complicated, cutting notches out technique with you, are we? We're going to be doing something a little bit different, doing it Jane-style. And, uh, yes, please do come and join us for that class, as I've said before, on Sunday, the 19th of November, uh, where we will be making our Chubby the Caterpillar um, cake. And so the the ranking then um Dan was fifth right at the bottom there. He had a very skinny caterpillar because he got his uh cuts quite wrong, and apparently the sponge was over mixed and over baked. Josh was then fourth, he was lacking in decoration a little bit and a bit messy and a bit dry on the sponge, but still tasted really good. Matty. Mattie's had quite a scary Frankenstein's monster-style face going on, but it was very unique, quite neat. And the sponge was a tad dry, but again, slowly getting better. That was third. Christy, who decided to redo her sponge... Uh, I think was actually a very good idea as she came in second. Again, it was a bit rushed um, and a bit messy, but she had a really nice sponge and Swiss meringue buttercream, which leaves Tasha in first position as she managed to get the antennae onto the caterpillar and she had good decoration and a light and delicious sponge. So Tasha's there in first position in the technical as we go into the showstopper.
3: She did a great job, actually. I thought she did a
4: great -hmm. job. But a quick question, given that Christy made... Two cakes. Why did she have to go and nick
3: some of Dan's crumbs? Because she did. She asked Dan, Why well, she had a whole sure. cake left over. Yeah. She could have crumbs. And Dan said, it's tough at the front because you can't copy people.
2: Huh. I have never copied anyone in a technical ever. Not once in my entire we're time. We're not on the show. supposed to
3: look behind, and I know you
2: know. Yeah, yeah, but you can't yeah. help looking in front of you, Jane. Stop pretending no, you're you some can't. angel you that would never
1: you have done one. You can't
3: help looking in front of you. I know, but but <laughs> it was a blooming. <laughs> you never copied <laughs> anyone else's homework. No, <laughs> of course not. It's a bit like cheating no. at golf. No, it's it's all about integrity. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Hold
0: up! What was that?
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
4: (laughs) Well, every week, as always, we ask you lovely listeners to send in some questions. And this week is no disappointment. So thank you so much to everybody who has sent in questions and comments. We will get through as many as we can. Now, we have a question here from Karen in Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, Karen. She says, hello, guys. I truly love the podcast. I also love taking classes with Bake With A Legend and have enjoyed classes with Howard, Dan and Jane Yay. and many other classes too with other lovely bakers. And so she can definitely recommend these classes as a fantastic experience. This is direct quoting. This is not from us. Thank you so much, Karen
3: we'll
4: send you the money later so Karen's question is I know we can't taste the bakes but sometimes I'm so surprised by which baker is sent home, case in point Abby in week 3, on social media people will claim Paul and Prue Or perhaps the producers have favourites that they will keep in the tent longer than perhaps deserved. As past bakers in the tent, do you feel that this is true and would it be possible for this to happen?
2: Well, of course it would be possible. I don't think that that is really something that happens though because the show has to have I mean, I do know what the word integrity means, Sarah, don't worry. <laughs> uh, the, the show has to have some integrity. You know, I don't see why Paul and Prue would be interested in sort of fixing the competition or sending the wrong. I don't know why they would do that. And I have a very strong suspicion from, from what the, the Bake Off uh, Love Productions have said in the press and stuff, that the judges really do have the final decision. Um, you know, it really is their decision. And I think that's part of, um, you know, the appeal of the show. And I don't always agree with the decision on the basis of what I've seen, but I try to always trust that, you know, they have made the right decision. Have you ever seen anything that you were really shocked by, Howard?
1: I don't don't think so. I think, obviously we are watching an edited version aren't we in any case mm. so sometimes perhaps in the edit you think oh i'm a little bit surprised about that but it is tricky um unless someone has been kind of outstanding or dreadful across all three challenges it is going to be a kind of weighing up a- about who's who's done best and who's um, who's sadly not done as well
2: mm, yeah I think there's a lot of people in the middle, aren't there? And there Mm. is maybe some, uh, you know, some uh, disagreement from from different members of the public. But I think the decisions, I don't think I've ever seen a decision where I was like, that's absolutely
3: outrageous. That's not fair. Have you, Jane? No, I don't think so. And when you are in the tent, I mean, everybody tells me I should have won. (laughs) I don't say that. that. (laughs) In the tent, I think they're my friends. Um, In the tent, I certainly knew that Candice had picked me through the post. Yeah. And they do edit them so that you have a little bit of uh, dramatic suspense, I think. Uh, There was one week, and I'm certainly not going to go into it any further than that. There was one week that I thought somebody else really should have gone home. Um, rather Mm. than the person that did for a number of reasons Um, but then I didn't taste everybody's stuff you know you you don't always taste some of the bakes we get tiny little bits sent up to the green room or certainly that's what used to happen and frankly you're too busy running around to necessarily taste everybody's so it it is difficult to judge most of the time in the tent you do have a pretty good idea of of who's going home um, which it doesn't always come across but as favourites they always do that don't they always go, Paul fancies her or whatever or whatever it's a load of rubbish it's an absolute load of rubbish it's just what people at home like to think that um, there's something else going on and there isn't everybody's too busy too tired most of the time and just get on with it. Fair enough. But you never fancied me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Nor me.
2: (laughs) Nor
4: me. I'm doing a podcast with the wrong people here. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much, Karen, for that question. And we have another question here from Diane in Chicago. Now, Diane says, I'm a long time GBBO fan and I have baked with both Dan and Jane. And Jane, your Bakewell tarts are now apparently uh, a family favourite at no. all get togethers, your Bakewell tarts. so Thank isn't that you lovely. so much. And uh, she, Diane also says, just this month, I've discovered your podcast, which is in equal parts informative and hilarious. So good. That was exactly the 50-50 balance <laughs> we were going for. Thank you, Diane.
2: That's all we're aiming for. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> My query for the bakers is about Noel. The way he seems to connect with each baker in every season, right where they need it, when they seem to need it. He appears to be an angel whose mission on this earth is to spread love and laughter to every person he comes into contact with. (laughs) That's so sweet. So Diane's question then, she says, I guess my question is whether he is as warm and comforting and silly and encouraging and wonderful as he appears, and is he also really as clueless about baking as he says? So I guess, Dan, that's a, a one for you straight away.
2: All uh, right. right. Um, is he as clueless about baking as he says yes? I don't think he has, uh, you know, any interest in baking per se. He's just there to sort of make light and, you know, let people have a good time. He is, I as a, as a professional person to work with, Noel is great because he comes in, he's got a couple of bits prepared, you know, or a couple of things he wants to talk to you about, and he sort of does them and does them quickly and gets out of your way. So I liked Noel as a presenter. I thought he was great. Um, but, yeah, they... The apprentices, I think they know they kind of need to leave you alone and get you, let you get on with the baking as much as possible. So he sort of come in, say a few nice words, and then have the decency to disappear again quite quickly. But, no, I love Noel. I have a lot of time for Noel. I do not have a bad word to say about him. So, um, yeah, no, I, I loved him. Was he there for your Christmas special, Jane, or was that...? Uh,
3: yes, I had him and Sandy for my Christmas special. Um, and I've got nothing but nice things to say about him. He He seemed genuinely to care about whether people were doing well, And when Andrew and I were in the Christmas special, he had uh, Liam and Flo there, who he had done not not long finished a complete series with. So you would almost expect him to be favouring them a little. Mm. Because he knew them better than us. He didn't know us at all. We were only there for two days doing the Christmas special. But not once did I feel as though we were left out of anything. He just seems to gather everybody in and be... Just gorgeous. I've got so much time for Noel. he's a really or certainly he puts on a very good act if he's not a completely genuine bloke. I, I mm. loved him to pieces. I thought he was just a delight uh, completely barking mad though I mean sometimes quite you listen, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> listen to him and think I'm, I'm not sure really what I should say to that. Yes. But I, I thought he was absolutely lovely and completely genuine and kind and sweet and thoughtful.
2: That was that was actually my experience of him too. Like he would say something and you'd look in the mental rolodex for a reply and you'd be like, (laughs) I got nothing. I don't know how to respond to this, Noel.
3: Nothing.
4: (laughs) 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 Howard, have you ever met Noel?
1: Yeah, I've been in the same room as him, but I don't think that counts, (laughs) does it? In a bar, yeah.
2: I've been (laughs) in the same room as Mary Berry. Yeah, I was in the same room as her once, but I didn't approach her because I thought she won't watch it now she's not on it, will she? So, um, yeah, I was like, she won't know who I am. But yeah, I I saw her, (laughs) saw Mary Berry.
4: So thank you very much, Diane, for that question. And thank you, Karen, as well. Please do keep your questions and comments coming in, guys. We would love to hear everything you have to say. You can email us at thebakedown at bakewithalegend.com or you can contact us via social media. We are at Bake With A Legend on all platforms. So now we move into our showstopper challenge, which for Party Food Week was an anything but beige buffet. This needed to include 12 each of colourful, sweet and savoury party bakes. I got the impression from further in through the episode that they needed at least three things and then 12 of each of those things. Um, But we had to be Mm. sweet and savoury and very colourful. So first of all, Howard, what did you think of this as a challenge?
1: I th- I thought it was quite tricky actually because I think my instinct would be to always have something more savory I I would struggle I think a little bit with the idea of kind of sweet bits of party food and um what I- no, oh, I, I would. I I think if you're having drinks and and what have you, you want kind of savoury nibbles. There were times I would have said, "Has anybody got any of those sausage rolls left over?" <laughs> because I think they would have been a nicer kind of party selection than some of the things we 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 had. A few biscuits and things like that. I think Ooh, okay for a kids' party, but not. Not my cup of tea. Oh,
2: I was hoping for party rings. That's what I was hoping for. (laughs) Yeah, I love a party ring. I think that's another British thing, isn't it?
4: And nobody tried to recreate those four corner dips either. You know, the pink no. one, the no, other no. pink it one, the green point. one, and the white one. Nobody did that. Yeah.
2: Very no. disappointing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a good challenge. I just would like to have been there in the, you know, in the writer's room whenever the food team is coming up with this challenge. They're like, oh, we're going to do like a party food. What do we want? Just anything but beige. And so well, yeah, that'll be the title of it. I feel like they were a bit low effort with their um, with the challenge. Uh, just something colourful. Um, but some people rose to the challenge and did that, and some people not so much. Mm. Um, so uh, Christie's, for example, I think you know there were some really nice uh, flavours there, but it was actually quite beige. It was uh, you know, a little bit uninspired. And uh-huh. then you look at other people's like Josh's, which was uh, you know, he had those old snowmen macaron, the fun little shoe bun Christmas puddings, you know, I think it was very sort of I would themed love gorgeous mm-hmm. gorgeous mm. showstopper from josh again um we i think we're coming to expect it at this point uh so um i thought there were some good interpretations but um everyone seemed to do pretty well on the flavors it was just uh you know that some of the decoration and some of the textures that were a little bit off i think overall though they did an awful lot of work in four and a half hours and i know four and a half hours seem like a long time but when you're in the tent it really isn't
3: Yeah, I agree. I I wondered why some of them went for um, bread because bread you're then going to have to bake at the end, I suppose. But I suppose you could be proving and shaping during that four and a half hours. I'm totally with Howard. I would have liked to have seen more savoury. So I think if I'd been setting the challenge, I would have said four different, too too savoury, too sweet. They probably wanted to see too certainly sweet for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I like what Prue said, and I think we've said this lots of times about people on the bake oven, and, and how you would do it differently if you went back please we're 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 all available enough production if you're listening <laughs> prue said many a great baker will slip up because they're too ambitious and i mm. think some i would like to have seen what Chigs did if anybody remembers Chigs from two series ago was he two series ago i think he was yeah. because mm. he just personified the way you, you should attack most of your challenges on bake-off keep it simple make it beautiful get it finished um yeah and i'd love to have seen how he tackled this challenge because it was certainly tricky and i thought josh did the most brilliant job He kept it relatively straightforward relatively simple but great flavors and it looked beautiful those little macarons looked stunning as they were perfect they they were perfect as were the shoe shoe buns um and the couron little courons i i think that was almost the best showstopper that we've had this year as far as satisfying the brief making it look gorgeous I thought it was but This something. is something
4: that Josh has done a couple of times. Um, he mm. did that with his um, fruit pies. Oh, yeah. And he just, yeah, he's just true. done oh, so yes, well, just come, coming it. through in the Showstopper, mm. keeping it on brief, perfectly on brief, uh, but then just enough, not having to mm. go too far i mean obviously they wanted three things he did the three things they were colorful they were themed they looked what they should be they were just stunning i think he did so well
3: i did too whereas dan tried to do too much and i don't think pulled it off really for me six things and i don't think it you know didn't really pull it off for me as a plate of things, it didn't look very cohesive.
2: And you could see mm. there was a lot of work there. Whereas Josh's, the plate of one of each of Josh's looked like a themed,
3: complete,
2: mm. finished You uh, knew what selection. it was, didn't you? From If yeah. you'd just taken
3: one element and put it on a plate and said, what is that theme? Mm. Even the Quran, you'd have said... Christmas. Christmas. It would. Um, And I agree. In Dan's head, I think that probably worked really well. But had he taken three of those elements, or even four, and done them better, I think it didn't quite work for me at all.
1: Yeah. I I think in the edit, we only found out what four of them were in any case, didn't we? Because I I couldn't even work out what what these six things were that he'd done. We've got the shortbread fossils, the... Yeah. Uh, little curried dinosaur feet uh, pies Dinosaur mm. eggs and chocolate dinosaur tea cakes. But... Yes, that's
3: all I've written down as well. Yeah. I don't know what the other two were. Cake pop stone.
4: Yeah, that was the. other Oh, were they? Oh, oh were they? oh,
2: were
3: they? Okay. But
2: that's only five. The eggs were good though. The eggs were really good. I thought the eggs were special enough that he'd have made, as you say, like three or four things that would have stood by itself. You know, I think he. I don't think he helped himself just making more things. Mm. But at least he, you know, he did have a good old, good old go, and that does seem to be his style—sort of shooting for the moon a little bit. Christie's, I thought, were um, it was all a little bit uh, shabby chic, wasn't it? It was all a little bit sort of unfinished. And I felt a bit sad for Christie because Christie's normally been really quite good at the presentation. I think it's been one mm. of her strengths. And today, I don't think it was. What do you reckon? Mm.
4: Yeah, I definitely think she she struggled a bit. I loved the ideas, you know the the cheese twist candy canes, the the patties, the beef and onion patties made into sweets. I just think the decoration was really, really needed. And I know you say, oh, mm. style of a substance, but it was quite beige. She just needed that extra bit of decoration just to to lift it. Because there was nothing uh. wrong, particularly with her flavours, I don't think. I mean, she had cheese twists. She had the beef and onion patties. She had the chocolate roll lollipops, the lemon meringue cupcakes. The ideas were fantastic. The flavours were really good. Everything was just... A tad un- underbaked and under-polished. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with the with the thought and just the execution.
2: Is there such a thing as substance over style? Is that a thing? Uh, we have style over substance. Is substance over style? Is that potentially worse?
3: I've
1: no I, I, well, I think in in one in this particular uh, challenge, possibly because you want it to look visually colourful and and beautifully finished, don't you? Mm. That, that was the was, brief, that, yeah. that was the brief, really, yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: But I mean, you have to get a balance of both, don't you?
2: But I love Matty's sports. That was the title of his <laughs> thing, it was just sports. He made various things that look like balls. Uh, I like Matty. He's, he knows his lane and he's going to stay in it. He's a PE teacher, right? So it's just, yeah. it's a collection of vaguely sporty related things. Josh had Christmas and Matty had sports I'm warming to Matt. I mean I've always thought Matty was perfectly lovely but I'm really warming to Matty over these last episodes he's sort of become quite an endearing character that maybe I wasn't expecting for some reason how are we feeling about Matty yeah, so always liked Matty. yeah.
3: okay I think he what you see is what you get and he's a jolly gorgeous chap who, who smiles and laughs a lot and there's a lot worse in life than that. So I don't know. i don't like Matty right from the start.
1: I think one of the lovely things about Matty is he actually seems to be really, really enjoying the the experience. He does. as Well, yeah, yeah.
2: And actually, as a viewer, that's nice to see, isn't it? It mm. too I mean, is. I mean, yeah. I was the king of anxiety when I was on the show, and I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone really wants to see that. I don't think that's comfortable viewing.
3: I must go so... back and watch your series. I haven't we I re- re- visited your series? Yeah. I th- the sad thing. Well, I mean, we'll get on to who got Starbaker and who didn't. But as far as Matty's bakes were concerned, the doughnuts, I thought, looked nice. Um, I hadn't realised until he presented it that they were supposed to be a basketball. I hadn't realised until he did that, but he seemed to nice idea with a I think he must have put a caramel over them did he did he put a caramel over them so. to get a, bit of a crunch um but they were raw inside and we do donuts or haven't done the fringes actually but we do donuts and if you look online they'll be telling you you should be frying them at 180 degrees centigrade whatever that is in Fahrenheit sorry guys but if you fry them at 150 to 160 they take longer because he said I think couple of minutes either side there was no way they were going to be cooked inside in that time but the outside certainly looked brown enough so yeah cook them a bit lower and a bit longer and you'll make sure that they're cooked inside um but his cupcake golf course loved the idea and you'll see a lot of things like that on instagram and pinterest Pinterest, yeah but I just thought it made me feel a bit... What? A little bit sick. A little bit sick, <laughs> what? Well, What? Well, because it, it was sickly very sweet. Yes, <laughs> not because... Not for any business. <laughs> <it's not, laughs> there was so much sugar and sweet
4: buttercream there. Oh, but I think if you've got everybody gathered together at a buffet, there's always going to be somebody that goes for the sweet cupcakes. I
1: am <laughs> going to say there's always going to be someone who's going to be sick.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Depending no, on well. the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I just thought... But the idea of that sort of pull-apart cupcake was great. So you don't have to fuss too much about the individual piping yes, of each cupcake. Yes, it was. I you agree. get the idea of the golf course. I thought that was very ingenious. Yeah, but yes, it was. it was a lot of icing. It was yes, a lot of
3: icing. For somebody like me who eats less and less sweet stuff as I get older, it looked a wee bit sickly to me. He had
0: um,
2: three sweet bakes and one savoury. So he was yeah. definitely skewed towards the sweet side, wasn't he? Yes,
3: he definitely yeah. was. But the cricket ball pies, I thought, looked nice. And uh, I, I must admit, as much as I like Matty, I think I liked his bait the least. I'm not sure I would have dived into his buffet. Well, I, yeah. I think
1: Paul said, didn't he, with Josh's, it's something I'd go back for, and I think mm. that that was the one that you would sort of veer yeah, towards, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah I think, definitely. Um, I think Tasha, which I think is the only person we haven't spoken about now, um, she really struggled on this one, didn't she? I think um, mm. it's a devastating moment when your shoe doesn't uh, puff up, and she really struggled with that. Um, and hers also was a bit beige wasn't it she did you know her, her picky buns were not uh they were just cooked bread weren't they they didn't have much color on them so i think um tasha had a bit of a rough week this week also a viennese world i thought they were macaron that hadn't risen uh but no they were viennese worlds. apparently um they were also a little bit underbaked as well so i think we had a couple of a couple of misses this week uh, from mm. Tasha, which is so unlike her normally she doesn't doesn't miss does she
3: Mm, I agree. When when she was piping those Viennese, I thought, oh gosh, she hasn't quite got that macaron texture Mm. right. I I hadn't realised, you know, I thought, oh, they're not going to flatten out and go nice and shiny. And I think the bread and the milk bread pigs, lovely idea. Just harking back to sausage rolls, in my final, Candice made sort of piggy sausage rolls and put a sort of crackling tail on a little face on, which which worked really well. So I loved the idea. It was also very Kim Joy, those little mm. um, red yeah. pigs, weren't they? Mm. It's just that as they got the colour on them, they went more brown than pink, which I thought was unfortunate, or more beige than pink. And I'm not sure, if she egg washed it, maybe she would have been better off by glazing them when they came out of the oven because if you do egg wash you're going to get much more color of brownness Um, so maybe she would have been better off doing that and they would have then stayed pinker. Mm. Brown
2: yeah, red. sometimes if you just brush things with melted butter once they come out of the oven, that can give it a lovely sort of yeah. gloss and shine without adding really any colour. Uh, the problem with egg is if you don't beat it very well, you can end up with sort of clumpy browning, can't you? Yeah, you, so you can as well. So
1: was, there, was there any flavour to, uh, to Tasha's bread?
3: Zatar.
1: Oh, Zatar. was it? Because I know she'd put beetroot in, she? but she said it wasn't giving it any flavour. So.
3: Yeah, it was just yes, for the colour. Zatar and oh, yeah.
4: sumac. Um, so it quicken, in as well. yeah.
3: okay. I thought it was so sad, though, when you have a comment of um, underwhelming, which is what yeah. the comment for her shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a shame. I thought they all fell down slightly, it, apart from Josh in the apart from show. From Josh, stuff. yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah, I would agree. We're so in agreement today. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We're all in sync. Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> it turned out to creeper. be a bit of a tricky challenge. But, yes, let's move on to uh the best and worst bit, which is crowning a Star Baker and sending somebody home. Now, everybody had been Star Baker at this point. um I think Tash and Dan had been Star Baker twice each, and everybody else has had it once, so we're gonna send home a Star Baker, which is kind of sad. But we do crown another Star Baker, which this time was Matty. Uh, for the second time, he got a handshake for his fantastic sausage rolls. He came third in the chocolate caterpillar cake challenge, and he had some really nice flavours in his sports-themed anything but beige buffet. So, do we think that is a well-deserved star baker for Matty?
1: I do. I felt a bit sorry for Josh. I must yeah, have, uh, yeah. It's happened
4: before. Hasn't I know it? we just missed down. <laughs> Oh, poor Josh.
2: I, I feel oh. it's it's so weird. If you just look at the results going into week nine, Josh is now the underdog because everyone else has been Star baker twice except for Josh, who's only been it once. But I don't think that underdog reflects Josh's journey no. on Bake Off at no. all. you're
3: absolutely
4: right. I completely agree. I must admit,
3: looking at my comments that I've written down, not my comments, the judges' comments, um, Donuts were raw inside the flavors were right but the texture slightly off this is matty's
1: yeah yeah. this is Mm -hmm. matty's
3: showstopper Um, yes he had good sausage rolls i i would have definitely put josh above matty so it's going back i think to one of the questions that we had earlier about you know are there favorites no i don't think there are favorites um but I, there was obviously something going on there about flavours and things along the line that we were not privy to because I, I definitely wouldn't have put Matty as baker based on what we saw. Well, Matty had a good, the, be- the best signature he's the only one who got a handshake so i
2: would say he had the best signature yep. he was one place above josh in the technical so he was definitely in the lead coming into the showstopper yeah. mm. but by but by how much is the question i guess and pe- people will have their own interpretations of that yeah. i personally feel and maybe it's just because i'm not the best at showstoppers that when someone sort of nails a showstopper that sort of that should be their ticket to be star baker but i think josh has done an amazing showstopper and not one star baker at least twice now um, so the, uh, mm. it seems the judges have a different opinion to me. Um, but that's, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Matty. Matty did excellently this week, but I'm just, I feel like Josh really is kind of a perennial underdog and it doesn't, doesn't seem very fair. Mm, you <laughs> know. No. Well, like I,
3: we don't know and we don't taste, do we? We can only have our opinions on what we see and, yeah. and it's not often I disagree with them. You know, sometimes I feel it's closer and, and it could go either way. I just today matty i'm really sorry because i love you to pieces if you're listening I just thought I just thought Josh was the worthy winner this week and not Matty.
1: But I'm at home here and not in the tent. But you know, as we tell the public, Josh probably swears at the judges a
2: lot. Probably, probably. Say, I think, yeah. <laughs> He's... yeah, he seems the type. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: now, now we say this a lot on the podcast. We say this a lot on the podcast. You are watching an edited down version of hours yes. and hours and hours of footage, and it's like in the nicest possible way, it's not a documentary, it's an entertainment show. So obviously what you're going to see is going to represent reality, but, you know, the the things they choose to show you are going to keep you guessing and all that sort of stuff. So maybe it was more evident in reality that, you know, Matty had done the better job. I don't know.
4: This is where I'd be really interested to see the judges and how they make that decision because do they rank showstoppers more highly than technicals, than signatures, you know? Because in my head, I'm almost assigning a point system to everybody. So Mm. if you do really well in the technical, you get five points. If you do worse, you get one point. And then, so I'd just be interested Mm, to see how it all works Mm. and how they rank people. I think that's
1: really interesting, Sarah, because if that were the case, at some point you would expect it to be a dead heat, wouldn't you? And we've never had like a double star baker or, you know, we couldn't decide between the two. So something must have have swung it to tomato,
4: Yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah. Can I just make a comment? Because it's written on this sheet. Nothing to do yeah. with Star Baker or who goes home. Uh, yeah, in this challenge, we saw Prue's outfit this week. She, she, she how old is she? She's she's in, in her 80s. I mm. thought oh, she looked amazing and she yeah. very trendy and she had those white sort of sneakers on and her white glasses this week. Paul always looks the same um but i thought who looked bad this
2: week she gets younger every week <laughs> eat, eat more cake i think is it eat more cake always, I, like Prue. <sighs> no. always. I can't say, i can't say i noticed i've got to be honest but no, um i need no, yeah. a great. stylist i would look decent if i had a stylist yeah. You're know,
3: decent anyway, darling, I think so.
2: Aww. I'm just fishing for compliments.
1: Thank you, darling.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I just said yes. He's nice, like, sorry.
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you need to I'm going in for
3: my cataract yeah. operation next week, Dan, Sorry,
1: don't.
4: <laughs> ah, there we go. So
3: everyone looks lovely. Got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going in for a cataract operation, dear
4: <laughs> Thank for, you for the clarification. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, this also does mean we have to send somebody home. And this week it was poor Christie's turn. She... I'm not going to say she did appallingly. I don't think that's remotely fair. She had really good flavours, but I think just... Her maybe technique or timing or something just wasn't quite working for her today. And uh, we've got to send somebody home each week. And the further through you go, maybe the more disappointing it is because she's just missed out on a place in the semi finals. But she's done so well to get to the quarter finals and she beat Howard and Dan. So don't be too mm. disheartened. Yeah. Up. yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Better than us. Um, but I well, to be say- fair,
1: we weren't in this year, were we? So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We'd have
2: made the final, Howard. We definitely would have made the final.
4: Hey, this um, is coming from so- me. I've, I didn't even make it into the tent, so I'm not one to talk. But I think
2: huh? I think Christy was great, and I think she yeah. probably was just a bit burnt out. You know, you get to that point in the, in the show and you're so Mm -hmm. tired and she's got four kids. I think, you know, uh, it's not surprising that she's sort of maybe run out of steam. And I feel like the execution was just a bit off this week. And, you know, somebody has got to be at the bottom of the pack, haven't they?
3: Indeed. You stole my words. I I was going to say, no, no, no. So we're, we're we're on the same track. I, I, I was going to say she just looks so as though she ran out of steam. Um, mm. And I, I applaud anybody who does that with four small children and gets this far. I mean, you know, When does she have time for herself? Never mind baking. So I'm very sad to see Christy go. I thought she was lovely. Absolutely lovely. But sadly, it I think it was quite clear that she was going to be the one going home this week. Just, I think... What did they say visual effect fallen short i think was one of the judges comments and i think that's mm. what happened visual effect and perhaps energy levels just fallen short this week so sorry christy i
2: think yeah there, there comes a point where you just can't put any more effort into mm. it and i'm sure mm. like the basics were okay but just she just clearly hadn't had enough Practices and I, you know, I made it to sort of week five or six before I started feeling like I really could barely go on anymore. So, well done for Christy to making it to week eight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well done, Christy.
4: She should be absolutely so proud of herself. She's she's been fantastic, consistent oh. with flavors and presentation, and she's been an absolute superstar. So, well done, Christy, mm. for getting through to the quarterfinals. But next week we have the semi-finals Yay. where we have patisserie week, as is often the way with the semifinals. So until then... Or oh, French Week. Or French Week, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. So, so until then, we shall say goodbye for now, of all our dear listeners. And don't forget, if you want to sign up for any Bake With A Legend class, you can sign up now for all sorts of Christmas classes we have coming up. And uh, don't forget, you can use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off your next booking. So hopefully we will see you all at a class very, very soon. And uh, until next week, Howard, Jane and Dan, thank you very much. Bye. Bye.